재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 You're listening to Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and its surrounding areas. I am Seungku filling in for Kurt. The show is an inquiry into the Korean culture and its mindset. One of the best ways to learn about that is to listen to what Koreans are saying to each other in Korean, in mainstream media or on social networking sites. Our team does that in a feature we call Culture Pulse. And on Monday, guest host Gwen Lee is in the studio to help guide us. Welcome, Gwen. Hi, s e o So what is the first story for us today? first story is, as you know, today is uh, National Liberation Day. It's a sort of unpleasant news to start. But we're looking at a news that the reality of descendants of recognized independent fighters are suffering from very hard living conditions. So one particular person named Kwon Myung-chul, he's a grandchild of a recognized independent fighter, says that I came to Korea to live in the country my grandfather fought for independence, but sometimes I want to go back. So is he really experiencing so much difficulty? Yes, he's saying that um, his first word to the reporter was that life in Korea is very difficult, saying that it's been 70 years, 71 years since liberation from Japanese colonial rule, but people like Kwon, immigrant descendants of men of merits, are suffering from poor living conditions because they have no basement for settling. So most of them are living in half underground monthly rents or oktapangs. So these are pretty unpleasant apartments, I would imagine. Yes, very damp and no air conditioning. And it's very cold in the winter, very Mm. hot in the summer. So tell us a little bit about how he came to be back in Korea. Well, in case of Kwon, he came from China in 2003 and recovered his nationality in 2005. And he used most of the government's settlement support fund in health care and living expenses. So that's why he's been not able to live or move to a better house. And I saw the picture where he's living and the wall was already covered with fungi and it was very difficult to live with no air conditioning and this scorching weather. It sounds like a fairly terrible life, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. So um, Korea has a system of recognizing people who have made contributions to Mm -hmm. the country. And of course, uh, independence fighters are very important in the psyche of many citizens. Mm -hmm. What did uh, Mr. Kwon's grandfather do? Uh, Mr. uh, Kwon's grandfather fought for Korea's independence, participating in the March 1st movement and was tortured by the Japanese after that because of his act and eventually deceased because of the torture in 1940. The rest of the family were afraid to be forced into sexual slavery, so they left Korea and settled in China. And although Kwon was born and raised in China, his father always would tell him that your real home is Korea. So that's why he determined to come back to Korea where his grandfather fought for independence when he was in his 50s. And things have not been so easy for him. Yes, it was actually very difficult for him. And not only Kwon, most of the descendants of the recognized independent fighters are living this very um, hard life. Mm. So what does the government really do to support people like him? 
Uh, the government currently is giving 50 million to 70 million won as a settlement support fund for immigrants. But however, rental housing and pensions are only given to one person per year, which is, I mean, as you see, not enough. Mm. One, only one person. So just to clarify, that means that um, among the descendants of mm-hmm. a particular recognized independence fighter, yes. only one person in that whole family qualifies for housing. Yes, yes for housing and okay. pension. And I guess in the case of Mr. Kwon, it's his uncle. Yes, right? and, yeah, mm-hmm. for his uncle. So what they're saying, the crucial difficulty among them is, like, as I told, the housing, because they're not being supported with rental housing support. So what they're saying is that they feel comparative loss towards North Korean defectors since the government is providing them with housing, but for the descendants, they're not. Okay, so Mm -hmm. obviously many Koreans are reacting very strongly to this story. Yes. Let's listen to some of these online comments. Okay. It's exactly true that if your ancestor fought against Japanese occupation, three generations will suffer and if your ancestors were pro-Japanese collaborators, three generations will thrive. Would our young generation protect our country during hardships when knowing that pro-Japanese group descendants are living prosperously? I've been reading similar articles for several years now. In other words, the reality hasn't changed a bit. There seems to be no future in Korea. These are some very strong comments. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a running theme here, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right? So... So why are they saying this, um, that you can try to contribute toward the government or the country, but you would not be helped in return? Yes, exactly. So what's the future? Would really young generation like support our country in hardships if they're seeing these kind of situations? Mm. And what really struck me is how um, they're saying that actually pro-Japanese collaborators are thriving. Yes. Can you explain true. that a little bit for well, our listeners? Um, I think what that comment is saying that there are a lot of, say, politicians or congregate owners that are being seen as their ancestors were pro-Japanese collaborators. Mm. Yes, right. Very prominent politicians mm-hmm. and the the um, the Chebol families yes, certainly exactly. have been accused of having mm-hmm. connections to pro. Uh, Japanese collaborative activities during the colonial rule. So this is a very contentious issue in Korea. Mm -hmm. And that's what is on the minds of many Koreans today. Um, Let's move on to a slightly lighter story, shall we? Okay, yes. (laughs) Let's go on to topic two. It's saying that uh, Jimjilbang, which is a very popular place in the summer where families visit to sort of cool off the heat, they're saying that the price, the price table is very odd because... Mm -hmm. Um, the five-year-old kids, they need to pay for adult fee. Can you understand that? That's a little no? bit oh, strange. Right. Yes, yeah. it's strange. So let's try to, uh, let's look at the average entrance fee here. It says that for adult, the, uh, the entrance fee is 7,000 won. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So for adults, I understand. But for children, it says 4,000 won, but it's mentioning that the current age is applied for this. They're saying that um, child is from infants to six year old, mm-hmm. but as you know, infants aged from twenty till twenty four months, they're f- mostly free of charge in most of the places. But okay. yes, but 
um, in Jimjilbang, they still charge them as child. So you can have a tiny little newborn. Yes. And, and you have to <laughs> pay for 4,000 won to wow. take your baby there. Yeah. And uh, also they're insisting somehow that uh, when they say up to six-year-old is a mm-hmm. child, what they mean is Korean age, six-year-old. Yes, year Korean old, age. Not so Western n- age. No, not Western age. So current age means Korean age. You know how in Korean age... If the year changes, you automatically add one year to your age, right? Exactly. So you can actually be four or five in Western age, mm-hmm. but be six in Korean age. So in that case, you have to pay for the adult fee. Mm. Yeah. I can see why a lot mm-hmm. of parents might be especially outraged by this. Yes. Because to be frank, a lot of children too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. they're saying that they're being overpriced. Mm. Hmm? So what is the entrance fee system like at many other places then? Other places, usually in big water parks, they divide the fee into five categories. So it's more um, specific, saying infants, preschooler, child, teenager, and adult fee is all different. Mm. So mostly for infants, it's free of charge. but um, for And even for preschooler and kids who go to elementary school, there's a slight difference in the fee. Is there a lot of outrage at this story online? Online, surprisingly, but the most comments actually did not agree with the article, saying that the kids should pay what's given because they're too noisy, making the Jinjibang visit very disturbing. And some even said that they should charge more since the kids <laughs> think of Jinjibang as their own playground. So actually, yeah. there really isn't much sympathy for no. parents or children. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of sad they to see. They need to be in more control, I guess. Uh, well, and certainly people are becoming more individualistic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, the last story for today on Culture Pulse is... Okay. Uh, it's saying that surprisingly over 300 people from a very prestigious school in Korea, Seoul National University, are actually giving up their ac- acceptance decisions. This is a rather shocking story, isn't it? Because, yes. um, you know, Seoul National University, obviously the pinnacle mm-hmm. of the South Korean education system. Why yes. are they giving up on this such an important opportunity in their lives? Uh, the, the education experts are pointing out that most students are giving up in um, their major is mostly science-based. Mm. And they're saying that these students are leaning towards medical school or dental school or oriental medical school, which sort of gives them a better, clear future. So it's really about the, the economy and the mm-hmm. changing nature of the job market. Yes. And how are Koreans reacting? Koreans are saying that this is our current, reflecting our current society and we really can't blame the students because the social system is pushing the students mm. to certain choices. Okay, thank you very much, Gwen. Thank and you, that's Seo. it for today's Culture Pulse. We'll be right back.